0: This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always learning how to get better clients, develop a better practice, and have a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. You know, in our business, our only assets are our people, and yet... People are the hardest part of the business, and we're CPAs, accountants, and we're not that's not exactly our skill set. So, what we're going to do today is I'm very excited about a very special guest we have. We are going to discover how to manage people across generations. We've been hearing a lot about how to manage millennials. You know, most of us, a lot of us are baby boomers, we're Gen Xers, and now we're, you know, we've been talking for years now about millennials and, and how, do we, how do we deal with millennials. Well, today, we have an expert on the next generation. We have an expert on Gen Z. So, Jonas Stillman, uh, welcome to our show. We are so excited to have a Gen Z expert on our show.
1: Well, it's an honor to be here. I'm very excited as well.
0: So if you would, Jonah, just give us a little bit of your background. Tell us uh, where you come from and, and why are you talking about this?
1: Absolutely. So um, my name is Jonas Stillman. I'm an actual member of Gen Z. So Gen Z is defined as those born between the years 1995 and 2012. So I am just turned 20 years old and I chose not to go to college after starting my business. Gen Z grew in my sophomore year of high school. And over the past four years running my company with my business partner, who is my dad, we have established ourselves as one of the, the foremost thought-leading agencies on Gen Z. We specialize in helping companies, brands, and a variety of industries better connect, understand, recruit, retain, sell to Generation Z. And we are uniquely different than the other generations. And um, we have ran now four national studies on Gen Z workplace and consumer trends, and we actually ran the first-ever Gen Z global study comparing Gen Zers around the world.
0: Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, and by the way, as, uh, as, as you know, I'm the tax advisor for Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, uh, and, and, and Robert would be so proud of you that you didn't go to college.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've actually, we've, we've, done, it, we've done one of his shows. And I oh, remember cool. When, at the time, when I, the time when I talked to him, I think I was still in high school, and I, it was right around the time when I said I wasn't going to go to college, and I remember him being... He was definitely
0: supportive of that. I'm sure he was very enthusiastic about that. So um, that's uh, I I I love business. I love entrepreneurs. I left big I bit, left big corporate America just so I could focus on entrepreneurs about uh, almost 30 years ago. So um, I'm thrilled when I hear, um, particularly um, young people like yourself, that are getting. And becoming entrepreneurs, and that's what they're devoted to because there's so much I think uh, that can be done. If you would, um, because I think a lot of our listeners, that like I said, I think they understand millennials are have been been such a challenge for our profession, um, where you know they, they 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 millennials have such a need for a mission. How would you describe? How do you describe how Gen Z? I mean, works. I mean, how, how are you guys different than millennials and how do you describe I mean, yourselves?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So I think one thing, and honestly one of the biggest misconceptions that I face in my line of work when I talk to different leaders, companies, you name it, is that people fail to even recognize that there is a new generation altogether. People assume that anyone under the age of 30, let's say, is a millennial. And they try to treat us like millennials. In reality, we are very different. And to kind of backtrack and look at it at a very high level, Oftentimes, I think people think that a generation is simply shaped and created because of when you are born. You're born into a generation, and that's your label. But the theory on why each generation is different and why there really are different generations is that because each generation, during their formative years of birth or age, if you would, between, let's say, 12 and 20, lived through very unique events and conditions that shape the way they look at the world. So each generation is living through a very different time, and they bring that, that lens at which they're shaped throughout every life stage so the theory being that each generation goes through the same life stages but they put their own unique twist on it if you would so for example if you look at what shaped the millennials they were born in they lived grew up in the go-go 90s it was tech expansion it was companies starting in garages expanding and blowing up overnight they were also being told by their baby boomer parents that they could do or be whatever they wanted to be in life and they brought that attitude with them to the workplace and they were immediately labeled entitled they were labeled self-centered and you know, justified or unjustified, that was reality. And now if you look at my generation, we're one that was born post nine eleven through right into the thrown right into the midst of the two thousand nine recession is one of the, the biggest shaping factors of our generation. We watched the net worth of our parents fell, fall by nearly forty percent. And now Gen Z is entering the workplace with much more realistic attitude, you know, saying that we know that dues paying is back on the table, loyalty is back on the table, because we know that, you know, not everything is guaranteed in life, and you really actually do have to work hard for what you want.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard that. I've, I've heard that that's a, a major difference, and thank you for putting that in perspective, because as I'm thinking about that, as you were first talking, I'm going, oh yeah, you guys were in your formative years during 2008, 2009,
1: 2010. really the first, the, the majority of Gen Z's first major memories is around, you know, not, at all economic prosperity, and it was about not only how companies are staying afloat, it was how families are staying afloat. As I mentioned, the net worth of our parents was nearly cut in half. So our dinnertime conversations weren't about, you know, tech expansion, how cool is this? It was about, you know, what happens if dad gets laid off from his job or mom gets laid off from their job? What, what is happening? And that was being put on to us by our parents. They were telling us, hey, look, maybe – you got to set some more realistic goals. And that also, like we talked about not going to school is why Gen X parents are a little bit more supportive of that than baby boomer parents because they're, they saw the economic downfall. So they're like, wow, maybe it isn't so responsible to go and spend $175,000 on an education.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) for sure. And, and, and so as I understand it, and tell us a little bit more about this. But as I understand, it, you you guys are actually you mentioned loyalty, paying your dues, and 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 working hard. That that seems to be from everything I've read and uh, uh, and, and and heard. Because my 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 kids are millennials. My kids aren't. You know my. Um, you know, I'm kind of skipping my my grandchildren would be after you. So, I'm kind of skipping your generation as far as personal knowledge and I'm pretty comfortable yep. with the millennials, but but Gen Z it seems like you guys are just I mean, you're you're actually more like the baby boomers from the standpoint that oh, yes. our parents exactly. Exactly. went through a recession. Uh, my parents went through the De- the Great Depression. So, we would it sounds like we would actually be more similar to you than than the millennials or even the Gen Xers. Well,
1: oh, absolutely. And there's, a, there's actually a theory about that, that every fourth generation is more alike than the one that came directly before them. And we, we are hearing that, and it shows that, and specifically if you take it from the, the lens of the workplace, we're absolutely more alike than the baby boomers. We're willing to show up and put in more hours. We're, we're, we're kind of going about the workplace where, as you talked about the millennials being labeled as entitled, when they entered the workforce, Their attitude, or or how it was perceived at least, was that, oh, this company is lucky to have me working here. They're lucky that I chose to work here. Is how the millennials' perception of them choosing a company came across. And now Gen Zers are like, no, I'm really lucky to work for this company. I'm lucky to be employed. And our realistic attitude and our hardworking spirit is something that the baby boomers are absolutely loving. So another huge difference between millennials and Gen Z is that millennials, one of their biggest focuses as they entered the workplace and many other life stages, was collaboration. We saw this play out with social media. Millennials were the generation that launched the most public-facing collaborative platform in that of Facebook, share anything with anyone at any time, and they loved it. They were collaborating there. They entered into the workforce. They tore down all the walls. They, everyone sat at the same table. The millennial work attitude is really they can work in a team so well, but now Gen Z is entering the workforce, and one of the seven key traits that we identified in our book, Gen Z at Work, is that you no, know, Gen Z is not as collaborative, and we are much more competitive. We're saying maybe a little bit less focused on getting along and more focused on getting some stuff done. And as you're talking about, baby boomers are absolutely loving that.
0: So talk about, if you would, Jonah, okay, we've spent the, the biggest part of the workforce right now with the millennials, so you're just coming into the workforce, and we're just seeing you out of college right now. I mean, in our profession, you are coming out of college. And in fact, we've got an intern at our – my CPA firm right now, who's a Gen Z, okay? He's in college mm-hmm. right now. So, tells how do we then how do we mix the millennials? So, so the baby boomers and the Gen Z, we're gonna get along great. So, how do we mix Gen Z with the millennials? Because now we've got these workstations that are open, right? We do. Right. We have we have we have thirty people in workspace stations that are completely open, and now you have Gen Zers come in and they want maybe more private workstations. So how do you mesh all that?
1: That's a great question. I think that first of all, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm saying this clearly, that I don't, I'm not proposing that it's out with the old, in with the new, here comes Gen Z, everything's got to change. Because as everyone knows, we live in a multi-generational workforce and all generations have to figure out a way to work simultaneously. And exactly like you're saying, is that one of the biggest concerns is that you know a collaborative and a competitive generation, the millennials and Gen Z will clash. And it's a big one because in most working environments, Gen Z's frontline managers will be millennials. So I think there's two things, is that it's, it's about setting policies with your new Gen Z employees. If there's certain things in place and they're there for a reason and you can explain why they're that way, you're going to have to explain it to Gen Z because we will naturally push back and say, well, we could do it differently or we can improve this system, and we just need to be explained why something is the way it is. And at the other end of it, I would absolutely be, you know, mentoring your millennial managers training them on how to manage a competitive generation not just because we maybe don't want to sit at the team table every day it doesn't mean we're self-centered it just means that you know we're coming about it with a a, a different attitude but obviously collaboration is a big part of the workforce and Gen is just saying that yes we know we have to work together we know we have to collaborate but maybe it doesn't have to be part of all the time everyday work so i think that it's a mixture of you know setting expectations with your new Gen Z employees and then training and mentoring your
0: millennial manager. I think that's, that's great advice. So with millennials, they very much want to have, they're very mission driven. They're very, let's find a bigger cause. Let's, let's get in that bigger cause. And I've actually found them to be terrific workers. Every one of my employees right now, um, with one exception and, and, and including my partner is millennial, my business partner. So they're, um, and I, and they work very hard, so I'm not having the same issues that a lot of people have had with them, and I, I don't see them as entitled. I do see them as really wanting that higher purpose and really something that is, even even though they're working individually, it is a team goal. So how do the Gen Zers fit into that with their competitive nature?
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a great question. And the whole, you know, purpose-driven millennial generation is actually a really interesting point. So if you look at what motivates different generations to to choose an employer. The number one thing on millennials' list was when they were entering a career and still continues today to be meaning. They say, if I'm going to come work at a company, the number one thing I want my job is meaning. I want to be giving back in the world. I want to be pushing the needle on something. And if you look at what Gen Z looks and wants out of a job, the number one answer is money. So we grew up in the recession. So we're saying, right. you know, at the end of the day, I need to be able to make money and provide for myself and my family, whatever. My personal situation is, and if I can't necessarily find meaning in my day-to-day job, there is a host of ways to find meaning in today's world, and it maybe does not have to be directly correlated with my day-to-day work.
0: So you're saying that, that actually pay is actually a really good motivation for Gen Z?
1: Oh, huge, and it, it's the biggest. It's like if I can get more money out of by doing this or taking another position, we will do it. So, and, you know, oftentimes in recruiting efforts to get Gen Z people, if you look at their websites, they're very websites and you know, recruiting tactics are very millennial based. You know, come right. change the world here. We're a family. Everyone's, we're only as strong yep. as our weakest link. Gen Z's competitive spirit wants to see messages that are like only the best rise to the top. Competitive pay. All these different things that support the idea that I have opportunity for advancement, that I can make more money. All these things are going to need to start playing into Gen Z's competitive spirit of us wanting to rise to the top and make a lot more money and be driven to make money
0: that's actually I think that's good I think a lot of the baby boomers out there is thinking wow that's that's good news just how do I how how do I combine that with the millennial stuff Um, but let's turn to hiring so because that's who we're hiring right now we're hiring out of school with I mean you guys over the next five years you're going to be our primary hires right out of college so next five to ten years frankly so what's different when we're recruiting a, a Gen Z outside of this, you know, obviously, you know, we're, 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 we're big, we're, you know, we're, we're, um, you know, this is, this is the best, et cetera. But when we're recruiting them, what are we looking for in it, in Gen Z, which might be different than what we were looking for in the millennials? Yeah, it's
1: a great question. I think the, the the biggest thing that I would say is that you're going to start to see, Two things. One, Gen Zers that may not have the same education that you've historically seen. Maybe you have somebody that has skipped traditional four-year degree and has certifications in other ways. And whether you're just gonna have to make a decision as an organization, as an industry, as a company, how you stand on that. What are the policies that stand around that? And then the other thing is for those that did go to college, there's been a ginormous increase in students developing their own majors. It used to be, you know, you saw somebody come in the door with a finance major. And a minor in something else. And now we're seeing people come in with different major minor combinations. And we hear this in nearly every industry that it's changing, you know, and it's making a lot harder to compare candidates. So I think that's going to be a huge difference between not only millennial or Gen Z and the millennials, Gen Z and the rest of the generations. And it's changing most industries that we, we work with. And then I think the other thing that's interesting is how literally how you are finding employees. Like what are the people always want to know, what are the best efforts to find employees? And I think it's a mixture and combination of making sure that, you know, you're reaching out to Gen Zers early enough. Because out of those Gen Zers that are going to college, we know that over 65% of Gen Zers are going to college with a predetermined career in mind, which means, you know, we're not going to college to discover ourselves. We're not going to find out. We know that if We're going to go spend all this money we should know, we feel, I should say, we should know what we want to do. So I always say that as a finance industry, whatever it is, make great efforts to get on the radar of Gen Zers before they go to college, whether it be career fairs at high school, sponsoring curriculum, you name it, just do something to get on the radar of Gen Zers earlier, um, which is what I would say is very important. And then obviously how you actually find employees. We live in an age where you can you know, target very specific people using tools such as Facebook or LinkedIn. You can target very specific employees.
0: So, the um, so so would you say that, for example, having internships would be really helpful?
1: Huge. And I think that also internships, high school students as internships. A lot of studies show that the work that typical interns do – a a junior, even senior in high school is as qualified as a sophomore or junior in college. Sure, I mean, just by the base level work and by doing that, you get to show what a a junior in high school, what what a career in the finance industry could be like or any industry by that means. So I think it's the earlier you can get on the radar of Gen Z employees, the, the more likely they are to choose a career in any industry just because, you know, we hear oftentimes that Gen Zers are daydreaming about working at the big tech companies or lean startups like Snapchat, LinkedIn's of the world, because they're the companies that we interact with on a daily basis. There's just almost a massive unawareness, if you would, of what, of what other careers are out there. So you uh, need to have the efforts to get on our radar earlier.
0: Got it. So there, there's just a lot of marketing, basically, and PR right. to, to be done to the Gen Zers um, uh, at, uh, earlier, you're saying, is because like, they're going to declare a major a lot earlier than a millennial would.
1: Yeah, we're, and, and people oftentimes are like, well, what happened to just being a kid? What happened to working at the grocery store or a local ice cream shop as a junior high school? And it's not like we're putting all this pressure on ourselves. We have a stat that says 65% of Gen Zers feel pressured by their parents or peers to gain early professional experience in high school. So our parents are telling us, go get an internship, go work in a career space, find out what it is you like to do, because as we talked about, we've grown up in such a, you know, crazy time that has been not the prettiest of worlds in a a variety of aspects. So we are very realistic with what we have to do to be successful in life.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. Jeez, this is so good. Thank you, Jonah. This is really exactly what I was looking for. So let's turn a little bit to compensation and benefits. So um, how do compensation and benefits play a role when you're when you're, you're, you're a Gen Z employee, we we know we want, you want highest pay, but how do benefits play into that? Because benefits actually play a huge role with millennials. Um, Benefits are a big deal. That's part of the collaboration. You know, it's, it's kind of the (laughs) socialism type, you know, philosophy, right? That we should, you know, a lot of things we shouldn't have to worry about. We should be taking care of. I mean, for example, I mean, we just had a new tax law in 2017 that one of, the, one of the changes was to attack Google, basically an attack of Google and Apple on all of the money they spend on snacks and food and meals in the workplace and, you know, gyms and so forth. And they, they eliminated all those, all those benefits from a, a tax standpoint. So how do, how do Gen Zers... Fit into that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and I think that there's almost like many other generations an expectation that you know certain benefits will will be there regardless. If I'm working full time, whether that be you know full health care coverage or time off, and those are all be part of our conversations when we're hiring. But we do know the biggest thing is that Gen Z is willing to sacrifice certain benefits for higher pay and salary in the early stages of their career that we're saying, if I have the opportunity to get more money, maybe there's some other things that aren't as important. The other one that we know is one of the big ones that's maybe not as traditional is the benefit around flexibility around where and when and how I work. So I think that's a big conversation and I'm happy to dive into it if you want about, you know, the future of the actual physical works workplace and where work gets done and how that manages remote working concepts. And Gen Z has an expectation to have a little bit more flexibility around you know, where I work specifically than other generations. And it'll absolutely cause, you know, changes in benefits packages, if you would, and, or just simple conversations in the workplace.
0: Sure. So, you know, providing computers at home and, and so forth, uh, uh, that, that would make sense. What about incentive compensation? It would seem to me that if, if Gen uh, Zers are competitive, as you say, then incentive compensation might be very important to yeah. them where it's less important to the millennials.
1: Well, I just think that it's like any time we have an incentive that will spark our inner competitive spirit and want to make us strive to achieve that and all of the above. And um, it's not shocking, you know, we know that that maybe isn't as big of a motivator for millennials, but yes, incentive based. You know, rewards our team with Gen Z, and they work.
0: I like that. And See, that's that. That's a very entrepreneurial spirit about your job. So it, it sounds to me like what we've got is um, is a lot of uh, really entrepreneurs who, even though they might be in the workforce as an employee, they might treat their jobs like an entrepreneur. Would you? Would, would that be accurate?
1: Yeah, I think that it's just our 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 want for innovation is huge. We're always looking for ways to streamline processes. We're always you know, saying, why don't we, just because it's not broken doesn't mean it can't get better, is that it's really, from the day we were born, we, we've been pushed to speed everything up. Everything's been about speed, whether it be as a consumer right. and how fast the package gets to our house, the speed of internet or, you know, feedback on the job, almost everything the focus, the main focus has been about speed. So Gen Z gets to a job and we're looking at certain things and thinking, how can I make this better? How can I make, eliminate the middleman? How can I make this process easier for not only me, but my coworkers, my boss? And I think that is just the the natural side of Gen Z, and the competitive thing
0: is a lot about speed. So, so would that be a um, would that be a consideration for a Gen Z employee that they're going? I'm going. They're going to listen to me. They're going to pay attention to my ideas because I might be able to improve something. That idea of actually, because typically, I mean, frankly, you know, you're a you're junior, junior, junior on the staff, right? So right,
1: right, right. And, <laughs> I, and I think that we know that. We know that, you know, we're handling, we might be efficient upon and we've got a long way to work our way to the top and we're aware of that. However, I would say that this is, and I want to make sure this comes off in, in an appropriate way, because in no way do I think that Gen Z are going to be the best employees, maybe even the best financial workers, because time on the job gives you more knowledge than anything else. However, we do have a generation in that of Gen Z coming into the workplace, naturally knowing how to navigate the modern tech side of the workplace more effectively and efficiently than any other generation. We're a generation that's never known a world without smartphones. Our innate ability right. to look at any platform, any service, any device, and figure out how to use it, how to make it better, and how to make it faster is part of our generation. It's one of our greatest skill sets. So we may look at a, at, a, at a tech platform or a service that's been in the workplace for 10 years and say, there's one I've been using for three, and it's much better, much faster. And I always say the work environment that is not simply based on the hierarchy. You could have somebody that's been on a job for 50 years, and you might have a Gen Z that's been on a job for a month, I always say, it, an environment where that that Gen Z can have access to to give an idea is going to be the most beneficial because we will think of things that other generations simply don't because of our comfort level with technology and our ability to look at it. Technology isn't even second nature to us; it's it's part of who we are. It's literally in our DNA to know how to to, to navigate these things.
0: Yeah, I think that's a. I I think this will be a great um, benefit to our listeners because. You know, most of, um, most of the people running CPA firms and, and accounting practices are Gen Xers or baby boomers. And so while Gen Xers kind of were on the leading, kind of, kind of the, the, the very beginning of, the, of technology, they played video games growing up. I didn't. Yep. Okay. Then, but what, what I'm hearing you say is so, so millennials, they were like in the middle of it, but with you, it's just like second nature, So So
1: I'll I'll lay it out for you. So we have a trait in our book called fidgetal, and that's the blending of the physical and digital world. So if you look at like a timeline, every generation that came before Gen Z would be classified as a digital pioneer. So you gave a great example. Take something like Gen Xers. They were the pioneers with seeing the first video games, whether it be Pong or in the workplace, they were the generation that begged business leaders for access to the Internet. They were begging business leaders for access to the Internet. They pioneered for technological advancement. Flash forward to the millennials, they were pioneering for access to social media and social networking in the workplace. All generations before us would be classified as a digital pioneer. And then my generation, we're not pioneers at all. We are truly digital natives. We are native to a world with smart technology. We're native to a world in the trade of digital, like I mentioned, where every physical, where I should say, where nearly every physical element has a digital equivalent. I can write you a a handwritten note. I could send you a message over the internet. I can shop online. I can shop in store. And we've never known a world without it. And what that has done is it's created a, a huge comfort level with technology. We, we are so comfortable navigating in any side of it. To us, we don't see a difference. Whether I shop in store or, add, or I put something in my cart at the store or add to cart on Amazon, it doesn't make a difference for us because we've never seen a world without either one of them.
0: See, and this, this is where I think this is going to be so important for the CPA firms and accounting firms of the world, because we're seeing our, our technology change so rapidly um, with blockchain and AI over the next five years. We will have massive developments in technology in our industry, and we're going to need leaders in innovation in, in our businesses, and we're not it. We're not. So I think this is, uh, actually, I'm very happy to hear this because it means that I've got people coming in. And it, it may mean that, that where a lot of smaller CPA firms tend to hire experienced tax preparers and, and experienced people, that more, um, more small firms might want to consider hiring straight out of college because they're going to get Gen Zers. Where if they hired experienced people, they would tend towards millennials for the next few years. So I think this is going to be really important. I think this is a, a huge plus, and really appreciate this, Jonah, because you've opened my eyes. I know you've opened a lot of people's eyes on this podcast. And if you would tell us where we can find you, where we could find more information, because I'm just, I think this is, I think this is huge for our profession. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, my my business. His name is Gen Z Guru. Genzguru. com for all information about our services, including you know our main offering is public speeches, keynote speaking at conferences, and they're highly customizable to every industry. And then on all social media at Jonah Stillman and or at Gen Z Guru. And I we're everywhere. And I would love to talk about talk to or with anyone about this conversation. I would just close with saying that you know oftentimes when a new generation shows up or somebody brings forth new ideas, people immediately go to the place of trying to figure out which generation is right, which one's wrong, who did it better, who did it worse, when in reality people just need to understand that no one's better, no one's worse, no one's right, no one's wrong. Each generation just brings new ideas to the workplace, and it's not such a bad thing because change and innovation are inevitable, and Gen Z is the newest generation, and we are here for it.
0: And I love that, and I'm, I'm a huge believer in that. I, I'm a big proponent of the millennials as well. So I, I, Me as well.
1: I, <laughs> I think they're, they're wrongly mislabeled, and I think that they're a great generation. I, I, and um, I think that Gen Z, once we figure out that working environment and relationship, we're going to be a powerhouse of a, of a duo of generations.
0: I think, I, I think it's going to be amazing. I think we're going to see unparalleled growth and, and improvements in the world um, with that combination. I think it's just an amazing combination. Um, just, uh, just, just to close here, just think about... How important it is to be looking at your different generations and not, like Jonah says, that one's better than the other. So, baby boomers aren't, aren't better than the Gen Xers, aren't better than the millennials, aren't better than the Gen Zers, or vice versa. But rather to look at, okay, what are the differences and what are the opportunities that come with us with that? Because what will happen is, is when we pay attention to the, 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 the difference talents and skills and amazing abilities of these people from, the di- from these different generations, what we're always going to end up with are much better clients because they're going to get served so much better. We're going to end up with a much better practice that is a much more profitable practice and one that we're much more comfortable with and one that we're much more happy, we're happier going to. And of course, that's going to make it for a better life. We'll see you next time. This is Tom Wheelwright founder and CEO of WealthAbility. What if you could discover a simple way to double your profitability in the next 90 days without adding any new clients? That's right, whether you're a CPA, tax advisor, other tax professional, accountant, bookkeeper, in my newest resource, I will walk you through a simple five-step process that's proven to help you do just that. We have members of our network that have doubled their profitability in 90 days or less, and you can do this too. Now, to get your free copy, just go to wealthability.com CPA profit. That's wealthability.com slash CPAPROFIT. Get this new resource so that you can double your profitability in the next 90 days. You've been listening to the Wealthability for CPA show better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.